Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the program today. Got a lot of stuff to go over, so we're just going to get right to it on your morning drive to work. So here is the question today. How should we interpret promises in the Psalms that no harm will strike us. I'm thinking... I was thinking maybe they're thinking Psalm 91. That's one of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to read that part? Um, he will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague come near your tent." That's why Christians don't get COVID. <laughs> wow, you pulled that one. <laughs> For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Maybe just one more place, Psalm 121, verse 7. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. So how do we interpret those promises in the Psalms that no harm will strike us? Well, first of all, let's acknowledge that um, tragedy, unfortunate events, um, accidents, injury, illness, and untimely death, all, all of these things afflict Christians just as frequently as they do uh, anybody else. They they come to people who have no faith, and they come to people of faith. Which do they afflict them because they are um, lacking in faith? That they're is it because they don't have the faith they ought to have that these negative things are happening in their lives? Yeah, thank you for asking that question, Russ. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely not. What these scriptures are are indicating. Well, several things. Let me begin by saying, God, there's nothing that can happen in my life or in your life, but it doesn't pass approval with God first. Mm-hmm. Um, that God is completely sovereign over everything that comes into my life. And what these scriptures are indicating is that ultimately, eternally, and let's take with absolute seriousness. When we talk about eternity, we're not talking about an if, we're talking about the the definite promises of God that eternally nothing can ultimately harm me or destroy me because I am under God's protection. In this temporal world, 
in this time, this brief span of life that I am in, there will be unfortunate things happen to me. And (laughs) and one day I'm going to, I'm I'm 64 years old. So I imagine it's going to happen before it happens to one of you guys. I'm going to get what the Bible calls sickness unto death. And you know what? Through that, God is going to hold me and sustain me and eternally nothing will harm me because I will be in his care. I will be uh, under his uh, careful, loving watch and nothing will ever be able to separate me from his love. So all of these promises are true, but I can't hold on to these and say, well, no, therefore no bad circumstance will ever come into my life. There's simply no indication of that. Mm-hmm. You, look, you look at the, the great uh, people of faith, the role models of faith that are held up to us in the Bible, uh, that great list from the, from the uh, book of Hebrews, and look at all the things that befell their lives, mm-hmm. the, the tragedies that came into their lives, the devastating events that came into their lives. Was God not protecting them? Was God not watching over them? Of course God was. Josh is going to take us to Romans 8 here in a minute. I also turned there, but I saw him do it as well. But I wanted to just read one verse from Psalm 91. What appear to be these promises that no evil, no harm is going to befall us, at the end of the chapter, it says, I will be with him in trouble. Well, that's mm-hmm. a weird statement Yeah, if everything before it meant that no trouble was going to come to us. Yes. So what you have is the use of hyperbole to say that what God is ultimately saying is, what Josh is going to tell us eventually from Romans 8, is that we're eternally safe, yeah. that no matter what happens, God is with us. Mm-hmm. Um and so God's presence is greater than any trouble, so much so it's as if the trouble doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the language of, of, of Scripture, that in light of the presence of God in our lives, cancer is not a problem. Mm-hmm. Because we are kept by God, then we can have um, some sort of um, dehabilitating um, issue in our life, um, because in the in the heavenly balance, the one so far outweighs the other. And would we want it the other way? I mean, would we want these scriptures to say, temporally, God is going to totally protect us, but eternally, that's up for grabs. Don't know. Yes. That would be a horrible. A promise in Scripture. No, he he's giving us the best promise, and and we know this. Uh, Romans eight. So he says we are more than conquerors through what? Well, through tribulation, through distress, through persecution, through famine, through nakedness, through danger, through the sword. He he he's saying that all of these things might come upon you, but he's saying, but well, none and, of these and things. And the person who wrote this had all of those things come upon him. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. Paul was was beheaded. Right. By Nero, is that right? Well, and before that, you know, beaten, shipwrecked, stoned, uh, stoned, yep. flogged. Yeah. And, and yet what he was holding on to is that nothing, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation 
will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the Old Testament and the New Testament are very consistent with one another, telling us the same things. Mm-hmm. And, the, and you know, when we're in pain, and when we're, there's, a, there's a real crisis, whether with a loved one or, or in our own life, it can be very, it can be so disorienting because pain is disoriented and it turns us in on ourselves. And that's just human nature. But we got to ask ourselves the question, do I, do I or do I not believe in eternity? And if I believe in eternity and that I am eternally safe with God, I'm eternally held by God. That means that anything that's happening to me here and now is temporary. And, you know, you can, you can get through a lot when you know that it's temporary, mm. that this, this is going to come to an end, and I'm, and I'm still going to be in God's good care. I think the, the great promise of Psalm 46 is the presence of God. It will say several times, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. Later on, that the Lord of hosts is with us. Mm -hmm. And then it ends with the Lord of hosts is with us. And so the idea, and it's really the same reality of Psalm 23, Mm that the the great promise of of God to his people is he is always with them. And that's the reality of what Josh read in Romans 8. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's, we don't go through life saying nothing bad's going to happen. Yeah. But we can go through life saying, no matter what happens, God is with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love how, I, I can't cite it, but I love how the larger catechism puts it uh, when it says, if, if we're saved, then why as Christians do we need to go through death? Um, how is that good? And the Puritans were, were so wise because they're just taking scripture. And they basically say, you know, contrary to death being this curse for believers, it's actually God's last gift of love to believers on earth. Yes. Because they're freed from the, the sting of sin and the curse of death. And uh, now they're brought into a closer communion with God. Well, and let me preface this, but I'm talking about death. We are all naturally afraid of death. I think God built that into us, that we treasure our lives, and death is scary. But think about death this way. Death for the believer, death, death for the, the one who belongs to God, is the final, absolute, complete surrender that says, I'm not in charge I can't control this thing called life. I never really could. Mm -hmm. I deceived myself (laughs) Mm -hmm. that I was in charge of my life. But in the moment of death, and as death approaches, it's the final final release uh, of control over my own life and saying, God, I am 100% absolutely surrendered. I am yours. Yes. That's really the reality of... of Philippians 1, mm-hmm. what Paul is saying, I, I, I'm okay either way. I, I can go on in life and have fruitful ministry, um, and I don't think Paul meant by that easy ministry because he was writing this from prison. Um, he says, I'm, I'm okay continuing on if God wants me to live, but I'm also okay in death. Yeah. To live is, is Christ, to, to die is gain. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Either way, it's it's a win-win proposition. Yeah. 
to live in this valley of, of tears is to have Christ's presence with us throughout that, that journey. Mm-hmm. To die is to be with him. Um, so it is surrendering, I think, either way, but mm-hmm. saying death is not the final word. In fact, in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 3, Paul goes so far as to say, all things are yours, whether life or death. And I, I think mm-hmm. that's an interesting way to put it, isn't mm-hmm. it? He Because mm-hmm. it's the climax of the chapter, and he's basically saying, look at the great things that you have, Christian. Death is one of them. Yes. What a, what a weird thing to say. Well, and to just to make a contemporary a- application, you know, we're in the middle of the the midst of the the COVID-19 pan- which can't pandemic. touch me because I'm a Christian. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, why why is our culture, why is our society so terrified of death? There, it's it's like we've all been told to retreat into our houses and and seal ourselves up. Previous generations of Americans, and I don't mean I'm going to start getting political about this, but don't fear death, Christian. Don't be foolish. Don't be foolhardy. Death is, I mean, your life is a precious gift, but do not fear death. Don't live in fear of it. Don't let that fear control you. Because death is yours, as Paul said. Yes. Are right, you listening to the Gospel for Life? We will see you next time. 